all of the Gospels, looking at those last witnesses. Who was there? What do they tell us about Jesus? What do they tell us about ourselves and our response to Jesus? And again, many of the disciples are not there. We're getting some witnesses that we wouldn't think would be the ones that would testify about the Christ. Uh, but here are these criminals, especially this one criminal. Uh, they're sharing with us not only who he is, but, but, but who we are to be and about our need. And so really I want to go back to uh, uh, the reading in Matthew, which reminds us that before this criminal says what he says here, uh, at the beginning of the cross, most Bible scholars say it looks like both of them express our need for forgiveness because in Matthew 27, 44, they both are beginning uh, with insults to Christ. That's the initial response of the crowds. It's the initial response, it seems to be, of these robbers or of these thieves blaspheming, sarcastically telling Jesus to save himself and to save them. And it's that word, the New King James, maybe in other translations as well, it's that words, if you are, that comes to Christ, even on the cross. If you are who you say uh, that you are in verse 39. And it's the same thing that uh, Jesus shares in the wilderness temptation. If you are the Son of God, then do these things. It is the word that probably has come to most of us this week. Maybe it comes from the accuser of the brethren as it did for Jesus in the wilderness that, that, that the devil whispers in your ear, well, are you sure you're a child of God? Are you sure he has plans for you? Are you sure he would trust you with this to do this? Are you sure you're even in his good graces right now? Maybe it's others who are just beating you up this week and have thrown that same accusation if. Or maybe it's just us. Our own self-doubt, our own stuff, our own baggage that we question, can we be loved by God? Does God have a place for us, a plan for us? In verse 39, there comes that word, if it's a word routinely thrown at Jesus and Jesus won't have that word y'all we can't have that word we need to know that we know or as John would later say in his epistle I write these things that you might know that you are saved more than any other doctrine father Wesley the founder of our 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 movement would say you can know he talked about assurance of faith more than anything else because he knew, Jesus knows. We, we're going to be pressed with people saying, does he really love if you are who Scripture says? And it just, if we don't know the answer to that question, there's not going to be a vibrancy to our faith. There's not going to be a vibrancy and a boldness to our testimony trying to live as Christ called us to live when it's so counterculture. We have to have an answer for if this past uh, Friday, Sarah and I traveled to a funeral at one of our former churches, a 47-year-old mom, a dear friend of our family, had fought cancer for a long time. She left behind three kids, and we had become very close with that family. Our daughter was best friends with one of their daughters. We'd gone on mission trips uh, together. Uh, because of her work, she would come to Jackson some, so when we moved to Madison, we'd still bump into her from time to time, and she and Sarah... Uh, we're very close. We went to that funeral on Friday and got word at that, after that funeral, talking with some of those church members, 
that there was a, a push in their household. Uh, their older daughter had gotten valedictorian, and there was a push hoping that the younger daughter would get valedictorian at the high school. And listen, in the, in the scheme of eternity, those things don't matter, right? But it was just something of uh, something that, that daughter wanted to bless her mom with. And her mom, she pushed her in that, not overly, uh, but she, she pushed her in that. And the word came middle of this week. They did the math. It was really close. And the daughter got valedictorian. Well, she talked to her dad. And actually, the teachers came and gave that news at the, at the hospital. Says, we've, we've done the math. She's valedictorian. Do you think she'd want to go tell her mom? And Jay, uh, the father says, yeah, please go in there and listen. And it had been weeks of pain and nausea. And she may not know, but I think she'll hear you. Just at least go in and say. And so her daughter walks into the room and says, Mom, I just wanted you to know. Uh, made valedictorian. They just did the work today and I made it. Now, her mom had not responded much over the last couple of days before she died because of everything going on. But what the daughter reported was her mom smiled, raised up, and did this. She was gone in an hour from that moment. Gone in an hour from that moment. You don't think her daughter is holding on to that? That mom did this for me. It's the last thing I got from my mom. Yes. The criminal battles Jesus with if. The devil battles Jesus with if. And at this table, we are reminded... If we've come to Christ, if we've repented of our sins and said yes to him and to his grace, to his spirit in our lives, there's no if. We don't have to wallow in doubt. We don't have to be confused. We can know that we know that we are his because he has bought us, not on me. It's his mighty and matchless grace. You are a son and a daughter of God. We come to this table with confidence, not because of ourselves, but because of the second reminder in Luke's gospel, this criminal finally gets it and says, you're talking about God. Will you remember me? Don't let the ifs hold you. In the cross, we don't have to doubt. We don't have to listen to the accuser. We don't have to listen to ourselves. We don't have to be moved. But then the second part of the story in Luke 23, 40 through 43, we see our need for forgiveness for sure. They're casting insults and they need forgiveness and we can be sure of that and here is that opportunity then given for forgiveness. And it's, you follow this story all the way through, you follow what Luke says, not only does this criminal get it, but you go down to 48, even the crowds who watched Jesus die, they're beating their chests afterwards, leaving in grief because of what they have witnessed. What does this robber do? What's his response that ought to be our response? First is he stands up for Christ. That's a forgotten ministry in our culture, and I get it. We're so beaten up for our faith. It's such a politically correct culture. It's such a charged, right, culture that I just... So we sometimes don't stand up for our brothers and sisters the way we ought to. We don't stand up for Christ as we ought to. Again, it's always with gentleness and reverence. But in the midst of a crowd who was shouting for the blood of Christ, in the midst of the Roman authority, here he is hanging and dying. 
this robber says, be quiet. Something about that. It's a good word for us. How have we done that for our kids? How have we done that for those on the margins? How do we do that for coworkers? How do we do that for our friends? Standing up and saying a word that needs to be said. There's a ministry there. It's our ministry here too. You cannot miss this throughout all of Luke's gospel. Even though there's this great ministry to everybody who's on the margins, everybody who's, who's on the edges is celebrated in Luke's gospel, but all of them have to come to the recognition of their need for a Savior and their need for forgiveness of sins from the great story in Luke 15 of the prodigal son who says, I've sinned against heaven and in your own sight to this moment here. They all own their need for a Savior. Standing up for Christ, owning their own sin, but then this word, and it's a good word for us again today, this verbalization of his faith. Will you remember me? Remember me. Again in front of the crowds where, why are you, you know, open now to the taunting and the insults of the other robber and to the Romans? To verbalize your faith in front of others and say, I confess my need. We also live in a very private culture. Even with all of Facebook and YouTube and social media, to stand up and say, I need Jesus. Uh, it can be a hard thing to do. Uh, my dad, some of y'all have met my father. Uh, my father is a, a veteran. My father is a former, just an incredible athlete. Uh, very well respected in his field. Uh, but very, um, what's the word I can say? Well, I'll just say this, and I've told you before. On his 70th birthday, he called me to let me know how much he bench pressed because it was more than I could, okay? Tough guy, football coach, principal, gentle sweetheart of a guy, but also a little, little intimidating. And I remember in high school, uh, he got sick. Had some stomach issues, and dad, who's so tough, would never go to the hospital. Actually, it got so bad... He went to the hospital, and my father, uh, in those moments, it got so bad. Now, the doctors say it didn't get bad, but in his worry over that, really wondered if he was going to make it and, and, and had some come-to-Jesus moments in the hospital and uh, came out I and mean, did, did fine and, and was healed of that. And all he needed to do was, in his prayers, say, Lord, thank you for taking care of me. That's not what he did very respected in the church, an intimidating guy, and the next Sunday he stands up in church and he gives testimony. I thought I was going to die and I prayed to the Lord, Lord bless my life and I'm going to walk even closer with him. You do that in front of three, four, five hundred people? We just don't expose that kind of struggle that kind of vulnerability to verbalize in front of others especially in this charged culture it's a sweet moment for me as a as a as a high school kid full of myself and to see my father say i don't care what anybody says i want to give praise and thanks to god and to see the strength in his humility to see the strength in his need and here is, here is someone here. It's, it's a reminder to us as well. Yes, we need Jesus. Yes, we need to own our sins. But to be able 
to be open and to share uh, who we are and to share our need in front of others. I hope you're doing that with somebody. A small group, a good brother or sister in Christ who's walking with you where you can say, here's my stuff. If you can't do that, you need to do that. Father Wesley again helps us in that. When he got his groups together, his class meetings, his band meetings, he basically said, when you start, start with your stuff. Be real with one another. Do life together well. Because if we hide and we... we he was worried about what could happen. Remember me. That's what we do today. This is the sacrament that we celebrate, where we, we are mindful that this is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. And we are saying as we meet together, we remember you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. Bless our response then to this word. Bless our uh, lives because we've had this meal so that when we leave this place, uh, we'll be able to stand up for you and stand up for others. And we'll be able to be open about our faith. Uh, that we'll be able to uh, share uh, the good news and not have to listen to the ifs, but have a boldness and a vibrancy to our faith because of the grace that was offered to us as we remember our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ our Lord does invite to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.